Yeah, in the name of the Father and of the Son of the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. Good evening. Uh, as we continue our study in the book of Joshua, uh, still chapter eight, but uh, we're moving along with with uh, with uh, um, um, the theme and with the uh, event itself, as 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 we said from the beginning, claiming our victory, claiming the victory. And, and again, Joshua is one of those amazing, strong books that we, in order to, 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 to really benefit from it, we have to actually uh, look at it from the point, as I said earlier, of this is our story and this is what we have in it, not just a history and a story. Uh, what we've been talking about in, in, in chapter eight, which is the, the reclaiming uh, I again, right? So again, Jericho, the miraculous, uh, victory over Jericho, and then uh, going into I, and then facing uh, that with with the pride and with their own plans and with Joshua's own uh, way of looking at things, uh, and then the fall also because of uh, Achan, the son of Kermi, uh, which, as we said, his name means trouble, troublemaker, troubler, troubler, uh, and then the 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 renewal, then the renewal. So chapter eight is basically again. You know, if we look at it, it is the ultimate renewal. There is there is a new uh, there is a new start, right? New uh, strategy, new um, victory, and new covenant. Also, as we see towards the end of the chapter. So the chapter is, is long chapter again uh, about what forty or thirty five verses. Uh, and some of it, you feel like the repetition again, like with the first part, okay, God told Joshua, do so and so and so. And then it says, okay, Joshua did so and so and so exactly the same thing. And as we said before, the repetition is very important as far as uh, uh, confirming that things were done exactly as it was supposed to be done. <clears throat> Last time we talked more about, about the, the uh, God's plans, right? And, and we started with the beginning of the chapter which is the Lord said, right? The, 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 the word of God, which is always uh, to remind us and to, to get our attention and to tell us that, that there's something that you need to be uh, 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 listening to, listening to, which is again, that there is always, even after you fell, there is always what? There is always a chance to grow up and to go up again and to, we said that the Lord said to Joshua 8, 1, do not fear, do not be dismayed. And as you were talking before, dismayed meaning do not be shattered, do not be shattered, right? Because you're broken, you're, you're, you, you made a mistake, you, the whole people made a mistake and we took care of that. Now it's time to what? To regain that victory again. And you see, this is actually, as I was saying earlier, this is basically our own story, always our own story. And remember also, as we said before, that the, the, the uh, uh, um, uh, fathers look at I as it is the battle against the flesh, right? Against the flesh. So after we have that victorious and glorious uh, victory over, over Jericho, and then we walk in and start walking into the promised land, and then we face who our most enemy is ourselves. So as we face ourselves, you start to, 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 to again, not always 
claiming the victory and not always uh, being in, in that position, but uh, lots of times we just, uh, we fall, but this is again, the, the reminder of that there is something uh, more important to that. So with that, let's move on again, kind of go through chapter eight, uh, not verse by verse, but main, main events and main uh, things that happen in the chapter. And again, how we can, we can uh, benefit from that in our uh, life and our uh, struggle uh, on a daily basis. Remember also, as we said before, that the promised land, as Moses described, it is the land of what we said, land of hills and valleys, hills and valleys, ups and down, ups and down. This is the land, right? But again, what's important is how you can uh, manage to, 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 to navigate through that, through the hills and valleys, basically, basically. Uh, I remember a story at one point about uh, two sailors that uh, they were actually required to reach a certain point. And as they are so good and so uh, professional and experienced in sailing, but then came the point that they had to actually carry their canoes on top of their head and go up the mountain. And that was the struggle. That was the struggle. They made it through the river and through the waters, which is a piece of cake for them. But then as they want to reach their, their destination, there is a part that is what not familiar with, not familiar, but they learned, you know, again, they took the, 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 the one thing that they're so good at and held it and put it on top of their head and start to navigate through the mountains to reach their, their destination. And this is sometimes very important to us how to navigate how to navigate. And this is something that, again, chapter eight is very, very much talk, big, big passage of that talks about that. The strategies, navigating, how to navigate. Again, the what they did in the beginning was something from their own, but then uh, as we learned that it's, it's not, it's not, did not lead to the victory, right? Now they have to do what? To submit, to listen. That's why, again, in the beginning of chapter eight starts again, we said, and the Lord said to Joshua, right? So before we went into uh, do not fear and do not be dismayed, first of all, the Lord said, the Lord is saying and continue to say this to us every day and every moment. So with that, we'll, we'll talk about uh, uh, several things today, kind of try to, to scan uh, chapter, chapter uh, eight. Um, new strategy, new victory, new uh, commitment, Basically, those three things: new, com new, new commitment, and new covenant, and renewal of the covenant. After God told, or after it's listed again with with the the the, the details of what God wanted Joshua to do, and then they start to do that. As we said before, last time it was basically a trap, right? So there is the city. He have five or, or small group with him in front in the front line. And then 30,000 in the back and another 5,000 to the west by Bethel, okay? And what he did, what they did is, okay, when the enemy saw Joshua and the small group with them, they remembered what just happened before. Okay, there they go again. They are so full of it. They don't benefit and don't understand and don't uh, uh, learn the lesson. So we'll go after them again. So they fled and then the army of I went after them. Now the city is what? Empty. So who comes? The full army, the 30,000. And they come and take the city. 
Another group there, because they're actually between I and between Bethel, there is another, another uh, uh, front line. And they, they have another group that's sitting there, stationed there in order for anybody who wants to, from I to go to Bethel or any help coming from Bethel towards them, they'll be able to cut it in the middle. So basically that's what happened. And then they went out and then the, the, the army came and went in and took the, 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 the city and so forth. So what's happening after that? What's happening? Let, let's kind of re read, read part of the passage here and then uh, see or, or focus on, on several points. We'll read from verse, um, verse 10, from verse 10, or nine, because nine has something that's very important also. Verse nine, Joshua eight, nine, again, it says, so Joshua sent them out and they went to the place of ambush and lay between Bethel and I, to the west of Ai, but Joshua spent the night among the people. Joshua arose early in the morning and mustered the people and went up, he and the elders of Israel before the people of Ai. And all the fighting men who were with him went up and drew near before the city and encamped on the north side of Ai with a raven between them and Ai. He took about 5,000 men and set them in ambush between Bethel and Ai to the west of the city. So they stationed the forces, the main encampment they, the, that was north of the city and its rear guard west of the city, but Joshua spent that night in the valley. And as soon as the king of Ai saw this, he and all his people, the men of the city, hurried and went out early to the appointed place toward the Arabah to meet Israel in battle. But he did not know that there was an ambush against him behind the city. And Joshua and all Israel pretended to be beaten before them and fled in the direction of the wilderness. So all the people who were in the city were called together to pursue them. And as they pursued Joshua, they were drawn away from the city. Not a man was left in Ai or Bethel who did not go out after Israel. They left the city open and pursued Israel. Then the Lord said to Joshua, stretch out the javelin that is in your hand toward Ai, for I will give it into your hand. And Joshua stretched out the javelin that was in his hand toward the city. And the man in the ambush rose quickly out of the place. And as soon as he had stretched out his hand, they ran and entered the city and captured it. And they hurried to set the city on fire. So when the men of Ai looked back, behold, the smoke of the city went up to, the, to heaven and they had no power to flee this, wall, this way or that for the people who fled to the wilderness turned back against the pursuers. And when Joshua and all Israel saw that the ambush had captured the city and that the smoke of the city went up, then they turned back and struck down the men of Ai. And the others came out from the city against them. So they were in the midst of Israel, some on this side and some on that side. And Israel struck them down until there was low. There was left none that survived or escaped. But the king of Ai, they took alive and brought him near to Joshua. When Israel had finished killing all the inhabitants of Ai in the open wilderness where they pursued them and all of them to the very last had fallen by the edge of the sword, all Israel returned to Ai and struck it down with the edge of the sword. And all who fell that day, both men and women were 12,000, all the people of Ai. But Joshua did not draw back his hand with which he stretched out the javelin until he had devoted all the inhabitants of Ai to destruction. Only the livestock and the spoil of that city Israel took as their plunder, according to the word of the Lord that he commanded Joshua. So Joshua burned, I made it forever a heap of ruins 
as it is to this day. And he hanged the king of Ai on a tree until evening. And at sunset, Joshua commanded and they took his body down from the tree and threw it at the entrance of the gate of the city and raised over it a great heap of stones, which stands there to this day. Let's just stop at this and then we'll continue. So again, this is the story. And the reason I'm reading this because it's, it's, it's very important to, to, to live the story and to read it, see what happened. And you see again, the repetition of the text that exactly they did exactly as God told them, exactly as what God told them. And something is important to, to, to understand this. So again, focusing on four points in that, in that passage. Again, as I said, new beginning, new strategy, new victory, and new commitment. New beginning. Joshua came to him as broken, beaten, right? Sinner. The whole nation was. But God said, okay, there is a new beginning. Start a new start. But with that, you have to do something very important, which is you have to understand that there is a new strategy. You cannot just go on with your own mindset. This is something that's very important, and, and lots of times we struggle with that thing. The idea that God gives us different strategy for different battles throughout our lives, right? One, 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 sometimes something that we get stuck at is, is there is only one thing that I'm used to, and that's it. But actually, it's not. What does that mean? What does that mean? Maybe at certain stage, we see this a lot with people who are, again, younger uh, uh, professional, right? You change life status, right? From having my own schedule and my school, my my everything, and then all of a sudden now I am in the world, right? Different things, different different dynamics, different everything, and a lot of times that becomes an actual struggle. Like, not I can't, I don't know how to again how to navigate through that, right? And then all what you have in mind is, well, I used to do so and so and so, and it was working for me hundred percent. So now if I change it everything falls apart, right? And that's a very important and, and dangerous way of thinking because we need to actually adapt to different stages of our lives, right? We see it a lot also with young couples. Okay, after, you know, being uh, uh, singles for a while and then they start family, they start and then they get kids, they get children, babies, and then everything is off, right? And then all what they have in mind is what, what I used to do when I was, and that's like, well, you're a different life now, different status, different stage. You need to adapt to that. You need to see what God is telling you to do now. Right? And lots of times because of our, you know, being not flexible and being stuck at certain thing, then we are not able to actually capture the new strategy that God wants to tell us. This is one thing that's very important. Another thing that's important is, as it is a new strategy every time, there is no reason for us to move on without actually asking for that advice. Meaning what? Meaning, well, going into a place or starting a new service or uh, a different, again, new new stage of my life. Like, you know what? I, I, I know how that is. So I'm just going to go on without asking the guidance. And that's a very, very important thing. That's lots of times just take it like I know what to do or I've heard from other people what you're supposed to do. And then you walk in without actually taking the time to actually try to figure out what kind of strategy God wants, wants us to do and what, what, what strategy what God wants us to use, right? The, the, uh, uh, interestingly, the, 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 the word strategy itself from the Greek, it's actually following the leaders. So as it is actually strategy is actually related to a battle, 
right? So the actual word itself gives that connotation of that you are in a war, in a battle. And you have to see what the leader wants and then go after that leader and what he wants. So those things are very, very important. Between those things, if you, if you paid attention to, to the text that I just read, two things or the same thing, but actually repeated twice, that, that kind of interesting. Uh, number one, in, 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 they're both actually back to back, verse nine and verse 10. That's why I started from verse nine. Verse nine, it says, so Joshua sent them out and they went to the place of ambush and lay between Bethel and I to the west of I, but Joshua spent that night among the people. And then verse 10, Joshua arose early in the morning and mustered the people, right? And then later on, it say also, it says that, uh, in verse 18, again, when the Lord told Joshua to, to stretch your hand, right? He got, Joshua was still also, where was he? He was, between the people. What does that, why is that mentioned there? Why, why the text is mentioning that Joshua was in, uh, or spent that night among the people, and then Joshua arose early in the morning and mustered the people and went up. The, the position of Joshua, why is that important to the point that it's actually mentioned here? Why do you think that is? In 13. Yes, yes. In, in verse 13, that Joshua was that night, that specific night, right? His, his location is very important also, right? Why is that? Why do you think that is? So they stationed the forces, the main encampment, the, war, the north of the city, but Joshua spent that night in the valley. In the valley meaning where again? With the people. Why is that important to mention where Joshua is? Where Joshua is? What's his position? Where is he standing? As a leadership, he has to be in a specific place. Okay? Where is that place? In the middle of the people, with the people. He's among them. Yes. Yes. That's very important, right? As strategically that he is with them, again, remember David's fault when he left the people and went up to the roof, right? I'm not going to fight anymore, right? But he is in the middle. Looking at Joshua also, as you said from the beginning, Joshua is what? Is who? Prototype of Jesus. So when Jesus is in the middle, in the midst, right? In the midst of the people, he always gives the victory, right? So stay where the leader is. That's exactly what, what, what St. Paul says in Hebrews, right? Looking at the chief of our salvation, right? right. So the idea of, of having and realizing, recognizing and mentioning to the history and to the, to the scriptures and to us that Joshua's place was in the midst of the people, right? That's a very important thing. Because then, he, he is he's giving, he's leading, right? And he is with them in the same level, right? He's fighting with them in the same level. This is something that's very important from just to take, to take a note of. So we said that, again, every stage of our life, every day of our life, I may say, might have a different strategy, okay? Tomorrow is not like today, okay? What God wants from me, what God wants me to deal with the people is not the same. So the idea of actually being 
open and being asking for wisdom, asking for guidance, right? And that's why, again, the importance of starting the day with the Lord every day. Why? Because you take the strategy every day, right? He's in, in the midst of them. He's monitoring also as a leader, right? Because before, maybe he wasn't paying attention to what, what Achan did, right? So now, no, you stay with them. You stay with them. Your eyes are on them also. Not only their eyes on you, but your eyes as the leader on them, protecting and guarding and, and, and warning, right? And that's the work of, of, of the Lord in the midst of his people, right? Every morning, very important to take the strategy of the day from the Lord, right? And all of us, I'm sure, when, when we have those days that you just walk out without a strategy of the day, the day is very, very miserable. Very like, I don't know what, what, what's, what's wrong with the day today, right? But my day is just off, totally off, right? Why? Because we haven't took, we didn't take the time to actually receive the strategy from, from the Lord. Right? Which, what's your plan today? What do you want me to do today? What kind of message you're, you're giving me today? Right? What is it that I should be watchful for? What, are you, what do you want to put on my heart today? So that strategy is something very, very important. Again, that's why not, not just, you know, uh, 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 letting this and just uh, going through the text, but it's very important to understand that uh, the new beginning has to be followed by a new strategy, right? Otherwise, like, how should I navigate? Again, remember that navigation. How can I navigate? How can I navigate? Even if you're so experienced, there are certain parts that we are not experienced. Right, and knowing that, and asking the help how to navigate the hard parts is very important. Otherwise, okay, again, being a good sailor is not going to help you navigate through the mountains. So you can't use the same experience, right? It's not going to work. It's not going to work. So every day we don't know. You wake up in the morning, I have no idea what that day is going to be like, right? Any one of us would know. Like today, actually, this and this and this and this will happen. Good luck if you try to do that. Right. So as you wake up every morning and facing a new day every morning, okay, we have to stand and we have to get the direction and the strategy of that day in order to continue in a winning and victory situation. Have a game plan, as they say from the beginning. So that's one thing that's very important. Another thing for here is something that is is uh, the 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 reason or the way the people had the full victory. Couple things. Number one, it says that, that uh, uh, um, God, the Lord asked Joshua to do what? Raise the, okay, the spear basically, right? In verse 18, then the Lord said to Joshua, stretch, the javelin, which is a spear that is in your hand toward I. And if we paid attention to the text, actually Joshua stayed and kept what? Stretching his hand till what? Everybody. Put yourself in that situation. Again, you're running away and you look back and you see the city is all burning, right? And the rest of the army is coming and you are part of the of the Israelites it's 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 a natural inclination to do what to continue to fight or to relax 
what makes you want to continue to fight and what makes you want to relax? What do you think? Okay, seeing the fire, the things are settled, they took care of it, they're, they're already there, so let's just, you know, take a break. Okay? Or you think also that, no, as God, there's another point that's very important, that God promised them that when you go, everything is going to be yours. So you want to do what? To collect the spoil, right? So if you relaxed and said, okay, that's fine. Number one, there might come an enemy somewhere else from somewhere else, you're not paying attention, right? Especially if you just got defeated not too long ago. And number two, you're missing on the opportunity to claim the spoil, right? And that's why if you look at the text several times, it says that the full victory, full victory, Full victory meaning full and continue to what? To fight. Because full victory doesn't come from being relaxed. Right? As we said last time, you cannot just claim all the victory having partial what? Armor, right? No, you can't. In the same way also, even having the full armor, you cannot claim the full victory till you are to your what? Fully taking control, right? Fully. Lots of times, one of the things that we do is we, we don't, we're not after the full victory. Right? Meaning what? We, we relax, right? Especially again of the season, especially if maybe I'm struggling with certain thing and I think God will give me some kind of grace and I'm trying to get better, right? And then you do what? Relax. Good. Good. But again, if we have that mindset that it's always, remember the arena, right? We are in the arena, right? While you're in the arena, you cannot quit right? till the full victory, right? Right, right, yes. Yes, we have that mindset that in spiritual life, there's certain things, certain level to reach, and that's it. After this, I'm good. Okay. But that's not what St. Paul says, that we are being what transformed to what? To that image, which is what his image, right? So there is no cap. There's no cap. And you see this very, very clear in the, in the text here, where they said, okay, they captured the, the people, they burned the city, but who was still alive? The king, right? And they went after the king and took the king and killed the king and put his body on a tree. And like, this is a declaration. This is what it's done. It's done. Right? So the idea of of having that that uh, new new victory and new uh, strategy, or the new strategy leads to the new victory, which is the full victory. Knowing always that there is, there is, it's not, it's not done yet. It's not done yet. What makes it done yet? When I, actually, again, when 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 spiritual life becomes what self-oriented, right? I'm okay now. I feel okay. I'm good. Versus no, our and that's why we always say in orthodoxy, our main goal is what to be Christ-like. Christ-like, and there is no cap to be Christ-like. 
So continue, continue, continue. The, that's the new, the new victory. The new victory is full victory. What else from this text? Something else that's very important, actually. Look at verse 20. Look at verse 20. So when the men of I looked back, behold, the smoke of the city went up to heaven, and they had no power to flee this way or that, for the people who fled to the wilderness turned back against the pursuers. So who's turning against who now, or who's running after who? Running after? After the people of I, okay? If you remember what happened with, with uh, the people of Israel the first time, the first encounter in I in, in chapter seven, what does it say? Look at verse, chapter seven, verse four. What does it say? So about 3,000 men went up there from the people, but they fled before the men of I. So before, who's running after who? The enemy is running after Israelites. Here, with the victory, what happened? Okay. So you're not, in, not only in a defensive status that you're what? You're running after. What does that tell us? How can you apply this in our life? Running that the, 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 that in, in, in chapter eight, that the people were running after them, right? So the wood who fled to the wilderness turned back against the pursuer. So the pursuers are pursuing them. Israelites are pursuing, going after the people of I. What does that mean? Who's in control here? Israelites. That's a good question, because I was thinking about that. In our spiritual struggle, are we always on the defense or actually on the attack? You know what I'm trying to say? Are we pursuing the enemy or we're always running away from the enemy? What does that mean and how can we apply this? Think, think with me, think with me. Here it says that the, they, 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 they were after the pursuers. So the pursuers here are the people of Israel, right? Who turn back and run, and the enemy is running, and they are running after them, okay? So they are not in a defensive position anymore, right? But they are actually, not only claiming, but they're actually going behind, beyond the claiming into what? Into pursuing the enemy, okay? How is that applied in a, in a spiritual life? Are we always, I mean, it's definitely good to be on the defensive side, right? You're, you're, you're protecting yourself. But when are we going to be actually on the offense? I pursue the enemy. Practically how, what does that mean? What do you think? I'll tell you more. I'm always afraid of bad thoughts. So I'm always defending, okay? I'm always afraid that I will fall into this. So I'm always kind of like being on the on, on guard. Okay, which is good. But as we all know that the best way to defend is to 
So what does that mean when I pursue the enemy in my spiritual life? Getting closer to God, yes. Okay, using the church, the sacraments, okay. To do what? This is very good, you're on the right path, but to do what? Okay, to fight the devil, meaning to gain more territories. Remember that Joshua is about to gain more territories, right? So when I'm on the offense, I'm gaining more, meaning what I'm actually, I'm, I'm asking for more, right? I'm not only afraid and tired and uh, drained and exhausted and just, you no, know, I hope that I'll just, you know, get by, but no. Look at what the Lord said when he told the disciples and told everybody that you have what authority to want to do what? Threaten scorpions and all the enemy, all the power of the enemy, right? Which means what you have power to be, to attack, to attack. Meaning gaining more people to Christ, right? We're talking about how to be a fisher of men, right? With, with salt. This is attacking, gaining captive more people. In the same way also, let's go to, to definitely to 2 Corinthians 5.10. You know, we talked about this several times in the mission, right? Taking every thought what captive. So you're not only defending the thought, but you're actually being what? Active in taking captivity of every thought for the obedience of God. What does that mean? 2 Corinthians 5.10, correct? remember this we signed it and we made the uh, t-shirts and we did everything ten five sorry not five ten i have I'm dyslexic five uh, ten second Corinthians chapter ten read verse four till six second Corinthians Chapter 10. See how is that kind of parallel to what we have here? Second Corinthians chapter 10 from 4. It says, For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God. So if you have a mighty weapon, that means you're what? You're on what side? Hmm? Winning side. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds. You're attacking, right? You can't go to a stronghold and say, okay, well, well let, let me, you know, defend. No, you're pulling down strongholds, right? Listen to this, casting down. Look at all the, all the language here is the language of what? Of pursuing the enemy. Casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into the captivity to the obedience of Christ. Who brings the thought to captivity? Who brings anybody to captivity? The person that's on the defense? No. That means that we are what? Again, that's what we call ourselves warriors, right? <laughs> fighters. Are we a fighters? Are we fighters or not? 
Again, what does it mean in a day-to-day -day spiritual struggle? What does that mean? You tell me. You tell me. Based on that. What does it mean? Replacing something, definitely. Yes, you're taking, again, again, acquiring more territory, right? Taking that. Not only, okay, I'm going to, 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 to fight the bad thoughts, but no, now I'm actually what's proactive, right? I know I'm actually, instead of always, always defending the bad thoughts, no, I'm actually exploring new areas, right? I am already thinking about the heavenly thing before being attacked by that. See what I'm saying? Right. Again, it's good to start with defensive, but let's move on because again, that's what St. Paul says, right? Because we have those weapons, because the strategy is from God, right? Now the people of, of, of the Israelites against I are not only defending, they're not defending anymore. And based on the strategy that God gave them. So the strategy that God gave them is allowing them to do what? To attack. It's very important. God did not just give them a strategy to defend or just to take a partial victory. No. Pursue the enemy. I'm afraid we don't pursue the enemy. We're always afraid of the enemy. Even in our city, Shutan Shot, right? Who said that? Again, what does it mean on a day-to-day -day spiritual life? It means that we are enjoying that. We are attached to him already. We are capturing our thoughts before the thoughts are capturing us. Bringing down every stronghold. Being aware of what are those strongholds that's in my life. And I go attack them before they attack me. As we were saying last time, remember our 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 weak point is our strong point. When I feel like I am so strong, I'm so good, and so and so and so, this is where you're gonna fall from. So being on the on the offense, now I know that from before, and I will attack myself if I may say that, right? I will attack my weak point, my strong point, before it becomes my weak point. It's amazing when you look at, at this, at, at this chapter, chapter eight of, of Joshua, and how you see again, God has given them the strategy in order to not only to, to, to revenge or because they were defeated and beaten a few days ago, no, to take full victory. And full victory is not gonna happen unless we are on the offensive side, not the defensive side. With ourselves, with our people, with our neighbors, with our families, how many people we get to Christ? I was just talking to Father Evan yesterday from the friend from a Greek Orthodox. said like, by God's grace, this year we have 71 catechism. But what do you do? But, and he goes, you know what? We don't even, ha even have an outreach program. So what do you do? So we just pray. And people start to bring people. They just came down from, from, from Project Mexico. So for the first time, we had, I can't remember the number, we had like probably like six or 10 high schoolers, not even Orthodox. The kids brought their friends. 
and we talk to each other. Why don't you invite somebody? Ah, oh, why can't I do this? And I'm so afraid to tell them about Christianity and they will come and will be bored from the church. And we heard it in the, in the, in the, in, at, at, on the campus several times before when we had caucus. Like, why don't you bring people? Like, but when we pray the Akbiya, how are they gonna look at us? Come on, are you kidding me? Really, I heard those notes. I'm not just making up things. I heard those comments. But we don't feel comfortable bringing my friend because they will look at us and say, no full victory. No full victory. Be on the offensive. Why? Because that's what God gave us. I gave you the power. I gave you the authority to trade on serpents. Go and baptize. Go and claim people. Starting from ourselves. I'm not saying to ignore ourselves and our churches and our communities. No, starting with ourselves and going on and on. This is what they did. This is what they did. They, they, they claimed that and went till they are after the king of the city. And not only killed him, <laughs> they hung him on a tree. <laughs> like here he is. But this is brutal, it's not brutal. I mean, this is, this is they, are, they are using their authority, right? To, this, to, to eradicate every evil. If they don't do it, they come after them again, right? So when the men of Ai looked back, behold, the smoke of the city, Joshua 8.20, went up to heaven and they had no power to flee this way or that, for the people who fled to the wilderness turned back against the pursuers. And when Joshua and all the Israelites saw that the ambush had captured the city and the smoke of the city went up, then they turned back and struck down the men of Ai. And then, the, as we said, the story of the king and they took the king and took him alive and they, they killed him and they hung him on the tree and so forth. Now, so we talked about new beginning, new strategy, new victory. New victory, again, from the side of being on the offense, not the defense, right? Go and claim. Not because you're good. And Joshua knew this, knew this 100%. He is not now pursuing the enemy because the, he is the strongest, best leader ever. No, because he knew that all what he's doing now is what? Obedience to the commandment, to the new strategy. That's it. That's it. The fourth thing, so fourth thing. So we said new beginning, new strategy, new victory, now new commitment. Look at the, 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 the end of the chapter. The end of the chapter is amazing. So after all this, after the strategy worked out fine, after they captured the city, they killed the king, they hung him on the tree, and then they did again a great heap of stones. Remember the heap of stones. Now we're actually looking at probably four or five heaps of stones since we started, since we started Joshua, remember? Right? There's a heap of stone after they what crossed the, the river, right? And there's another heap of stone in the bottom of the river, remember? And there is a heap of stone where, where they burn, where they killed Achan, right? There's another, they, they burned everything and they killed him and they made a heap of stone. And now there's another stone that will be action altar, right? So all those things are very important. Like why? Because these are landmarks in order to actually 
remind us in order to tell us which way that they went through in order to, to gain and to claim what they have, right? And it's a good reminder for us, like, you know, if we are, if we are following the same pattern, like we, we, what kind of heap of stones are we, are we uh, erecting, right? Of good memories and of victory or of something else, right? But we have to do that. We have to have those, we have to be kind of alert and know how God is working with us and, and, and that he wants us to, 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 to make those uh, uh, heaps of stones, right? Then comes the last passage of um, chapter eight of that story by, which is again, a new covenant or a new commitment. What happened here? At that time, Joshua built an altar to the Lord, the God of Israel on Mount Ebal. Just as Moses, the servant of the Lord, had commanded the people of Israel, as it is written in the book of the law. This is in Deuteronomy 27. If you want to take a note of it and go back and read this, you'll see that he did exactly as what God told Moses. When you go, when, when the people go to the promised land, they shall do this and this and this and that. So now this is the fulfillment of that was written in Deuteronomy 27. Exactly. Letter by letter. Just as Moses, the servant of the Lord, had commanded the people of Israel, as it is written in the book of the law of Moses, an altar of uncut stones upon which no man was, has yielded an iron tool, a stone that's not chiseled, a natural. Don't make something. Don't put an iron or, or iron tool on it. Just bring a, what? a piece of stone. That's all I need. Why is that? What do you think? That was my next question. <laughs> Why is that? Why did God, when he gave them the commandments, even from the time of Moses, the same thing again, do not what? Lay an iron tool on it. No man will touch it. Why is that? This is number one, because as you chisel a stone, you start to make an idol. This is one thing. What else? No human intervention. Which means what, Nabil? Yes, yes. No any other glory, no any other beauty. You can make a stone and start to chisel it down and start to make it, beautify it and make it looks good and looks whatever it goes. No, no, I don't want this. The altar that you're going to offer a sacrifice has to be natural. Nobody touched it. I just want it as it is. The simplicity of the offering, right? Don't say that, okay, I'm making you a beautiful altar, right? That I made with my own hands and then I'm going to offer something. No, I don't want this. Something that nobody touched. Nobody touched. Simple as simple from the, from, from the earth that I created. So this, the, 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 the sacrifice is, is very simple and very original, right? And that's what God wants from us, right? So here again, the the uh, the text reads again that Moses that exactly as Moses said, just as Moses said, right? And it says, and 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 there in the presence of the people of Israel, he wrote on the stones a copy of the law of Moses which he had written. 
So he brought in a stone, and what did he do? Exactly as Moses told him. He wrote a copy of the law. And all Israel, sojourners as well as native born. This is very important, very, very interesting. What does that mean? That among the people who went into the promised land were what? Sojourners. Maybe some of the natives, right? Said, said like, we want to be with you. We want to be with you, right? And that's exactly, I was just listening to this on the way here. That's exactly what St. Paul says when he goes like what? There is no difference between a Jew and a Greek and a whatever, right? So everybody that's a part of this, as long as they are obeying the Torah, this is the, again, that's exactly what we talked about yesterday, right? That, that the, 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 the righteousness is by faith, right? It's not by biological descent from Abraham, right? But as long as you are obeying, as long as you are submitting, as long as you are willing to yield to the Torah, you are part of this. And all Israel, sojourner as well as native born, with their elders and officers and their judges stood on opposite side of the ark before, again, the ark is, as we said before, the ark is always in the midst, right? The covenant, the Torah, the, the scripture, always in the center. Before the Levitical priests who carried the ark of the covenant of the Lord, half of them in front of Mount Gerizim and half in the Mount Abel. We go back again and read Deuteronomy 27, you'll understand this. That's exactly what the Lord told Moses. Half of the tribe, six on the Mount of Gerizim and six of the Mount of Abel. Mount of Gerizim, you say the blessing. And the Mount of Abel, you say the curse. And if you look at the six, the six that, that are on the Mount of the Blessing are the descendants of Rachel and Leah. And the six on the Mount of Curse are the, the descendants of the slaves, of the, of the uh, maid, right? So again, just uh, something to look at. Whether what they say, they say they're not quite sure, maybe the priest would uh, stand in the middle and then start read the, the, the Blessing, uh, or actually face the people who are standing at the Mount of Gerizim and say the blessing. And every time they say the blessing, the people say what? Amen. Right? And the same thing for the, for the curse. So he did exactly as the Lord told Moses. Exactly. He told him, when you go to the promised land, do the same thing. Imagine that, 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 that view. It's, it's, it's kind of like amazing, right? We're talking about millions of people. All of them saying together what? Amen. <laughs> right? For the blessing. Like amen meaning what? So be, let it be, right? Amen in Hebrew is, is actually ammana, you ammin. You ammin ala shi, meaning what? To, to make sure that this is happening. Amen. That's the actual word. Because it's a Hebrew word. You amen to make sure that this is this is this is this is what it is. So here you see after after the victory, after the the uh, obedience, after the new beginning, after the new strategy, after the new victory. Now they put everything into what into action, right? And he repeat and he writes 
the the the, the book of the law and uh, did the same thing exactly as what the Lord had commanded Moses. As it says again, just as Moses again in verse thirty-three, just as Moses, the servant of the Lord, had commanded at the first to bless the people of Israel. So when you say the blessing and the curse after the victory, what does that mean? Like why curse now? We're, we're, we're in the promised land, right? And we went and we claimed the victory and we are now pursuing the enemy. But no, I want you to listen <laughs> and to say amen for so and so and so and so with blessing and such and such and such and such to do what? A curse. Why is that? Exactly. Don't forget. The curse is still there. Don't forget. And not only don't forget, but what else? It's your choice. And that's exactly what he said in Deuteronomy. Right? Here you have. You have the blessing and you have the curse. You have life and you have death. Choose life to live. So yes, I gave you the new beginning. Yes, I gave you the strategy. Yes, I gave you the victory. But it's what? It's your choice. It's your choice. You want to continue with the blessing and on the Mount of Gerizim and say amen? Or you want to be with the descendant of the slave? Remember again, St. Paul? We are not the descendant of the slave, but we are descendant of the free. Remember Galatians? So act as you are the descendant of the free. Because you are free, you are liberated. Don't be on the mount of the curse. It's your choice. It's your choice. And then it goes on with that. Then, and afterward, he read all the words of the law, the blessing and the curse, according to all that is written in the book of the law. There was not a word of all that Moses commanded that Joshua did not read before all the assembly of Israel. So beautiful. So beautiful. understanding, realizing, knowing, doing it with all the motivation, with all the enthusiasm, with all the energy, right? Why? Because they experienced the victory, right? The more we experience, the more we are motivated. Lots of times, like, Abuna, I don't have any motivation. I don't know what to do. I can't move on. Well, I'm not, I'm not experiencing anything. I'm just doing things. If I do things without experience, without tasting, it's going to be very, very boring. And why would they continue to do it? You hear this all the time. I started doing this and this, and then after a while, just things went back again. Okay. Why? Because I'm just going through the motions. I'm not experiencing. In order for them to experience, they had to do what? To fight. By the way, I was reading something between the Mount of Gerzim and the Mount of Abel. It's like a, what they call the natural amphitheater. It's like a huge, big mountain and a valley. So the word is so much what magnified. Right? It's like a natural theater. And imagine that. And the priests are saying the Torah and people are saying amen. And just like the whole, the whole scene is so full of energy. Right? But they didn't reach the point unless they actually were able to learn the lesson. Remember, they, they, they got defeated first. Learn the lesson. Recognize the sin. Eradicate the sin. Kill the sin. Right? Listen to the strategy every day. Move on with it. Take that offensive side. 
Be bold. Be bold. Set an altar, offer a sacrifice, and then choose, continue to choose this day after day. This is, this is like the blueprint of our spiritual life. Step by step, step by step. And then finally, he goes, again, there was not a word. See how the persistence and how being careful, so careful. There was not a word of all that Moses commanded that Joshua did not read before all the assembly of Israel and the women and the little ones and the sojourners who lived among them. And again, he mentions again what? The sojourners who lived among them, right? Because again, from day one, the promised land is for everyone, as long as they choose. Our faith is for everyone. We have to share it with everyone. But no, we are so-and-so. Yes, but the church is for everyone. <laughs> yes. Say again. This is the ESV again. Yes. Who lived among them. Actually, the actual word of lived here is who traveled among them. Holek, which is halak, means walk, travel with them. So they are they are accompanying them. Right? The sojourner is hager, which is gar, which is the, the 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 not just a stranger. Actually, becomes what your neighbor. Right. So it's it's uh, it's uh, uh, the, yeah the word is gar, which is in Arabic gar. Temporary inhabitant, a newcomer, newcomer, a likely newcomer. Right? When we have a newcomer at the church coming, how we deal with that? Right? Regardless of the race, their shape, their size, <laughs> whatever. Right? Oh. We are required to, to bring them in and to welcome and to say, you are part of this. You are part of this. Chapter 8 is amazing. Again, it's 35 verses. It's, it's all full of, of actual action. But, but you have to, do, to go through chapter 8 in order to continue the book itself after this. Because you'll see more and more and more. Chapter 9 is that strange story with the, with the covenant with the, uh, uh, the people of, of Gibeon. And, and how they kind of fooled Joshua in a way and uh, we were traveling from a distance and the, the water and this and that. It's an amazing story also. But it's, it's again, it's, it's the journey that we are, we are going through and different things. Remember again, every single stage has a different strategy. Don't get stuck at one strategy. That's one, one big mistake, right? Here it's a lot, especially for us who are like, you know, the, 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 the first people who came here from our families. Like when I was in Egypt, I used to do this and this and this, right? And I used to read the Bible every day, or I used to walk to the church every day, or I used to serve every day. Well, you're not an Egypt anymore, right? right? So adapt what you have and bring up a new strategy in order to get closer. Right? But if I'm just kind of like, okay, I'm so living my life actually uh, in agony of what I used to do, but I cannot do it anymore. I'm not gonna go anywhere. I'm not gonna go anywhere. You know, the first last last thing I'll share with you. First, one of the of the things that I personally struggled with when I moved to the States back 
you know, the, the beginning, I was in California at that time. And again, you know, used to, to, to service and church every day. And then I came and I was, I had to work like overnight. I was working at a gas station. And then I wake up, you know, I, I work like from nine till 12 in the, to eight in the morning. And then I'm so tired. So weeks and weeks go by without going to church. And it was like, okay. And then like, okay, what am I doing here? And then, you know, one thing came to me like, okay, you know, it's, you keep thinking about what you were able to do there, but there's not, there's something new now. What will prevent you from being, you know, faithful in what you have? in the way that you, God wants you right now, right? It's not an easy thing. It's not, it's not something simple, but you, you, you start to, to, to be, to be uh, uh, realistic with what you have, right? Here is, I have to do this. I have to do what I have to do right now. And here is what I have right now is maybe the 10 minutes that I can pray for. Why don't you pray? Instead of crying about the past, right? And it really hit me at one point. Yes, well, why, right? Same thing when we come back from Africa. Like, well, well, we, you know, over there is beautiful. And like, okay, well, God is there and God is here, right? Don't get stuck with one strategy. There is a different strategy. Now you're here. What, what's your strategy? Take it a strategy from God. Ask him for more direction. Ask him for more strategy that will suit my lifestyle now, today. Not what I used to do whatever years ago. It's a very, very important lesson, a very practical lesson. And again, that's, that was the key for them to gain and to, to claim that victory from them, that they were able to actually take the strategy from God and to move on with it, to obey it, and to do it exactly by the letter. By the letter. May God give us that, uh, that uh, spirit of, 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 of um, fighting and of claiming and of, 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 of taking more territories uh, always. For, for for his glory. Now the ages of all ages. Amen. Okay, let us pray. Thank the Father, Son, the Holy Spirit, my God, and the Lord be with your saints. Through the prayers of all your saints, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Forgive us this day, O Lord. Lead us a temptation, but deliver us. May the love of God the Father, grace of His only begotten Son, go in peace, peace be with you all. Amen. See you guys. Thanks, Abona.